Hello, and welcome to the Superhero by Design podcast, a show where we interview real life superheroes. My name is Ace, and I'll be your host. On today's show, we have a man who defies the odds of real estate. He's been wildly successful at helping people buy and sell their homes in ways that help all parties involved achieve their goals. He has also been able to do this in every kind of economic climate and in all parts of the country. Let's give a superhero by design welcome to Joel Sangerman. Joel, welcome to the show. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I, I, I knew the podcast had to do with superheroes. I didn't know I was going to be labeled one. That's probably uh, embellished more than Oh, slightly. I'm going to take you through the process. By the end of this show, you are going to be a full-fledged superhero, and I'm excited about it. I know you're a busy guy, and I really appreciate you taking your time here today to be with me and my audience. And I know you're going to add a tremendous amount of value. So I really appreciate you coming on. Lana, order me a cape, extra large. <laughs> I love Sorry it. I love it. And I can tell you have a sense of humor. But on top of that, throughout your 30-year career in real estate, you've made millions of dollars investing in real estate. You also coach investors on how to buy any house from any seller and make it profitable. And you've also created the best performing lead generation system for real estate investors in the industry. Oh my goodness, that is a mouthful. But for everybody listening, if you want to know more information about Joel, check out his website. It's termsdaddy.com. That's T-E-R-M-S-D-A-D-D-Y.com. You can also find him on Facebook under Joel Sangerman or his group, Real Estate Investor Coaching and Live Seller Calls. All right, Joel. I know we've already chatted a whole bunch before this. We had a couple good laughs, talked about hip hop, but- That should have I, been recorded. That, that, that could be like the supplemental podcast. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, we, we can definitely talk about East Coast, West Coast hip hop at some point, but for the listeners, you know, you promote buying any house, with any seller. And that's a pretty bold statement for sure. And we will get to the ins and outs of that, but obviously you got to start from somewhere. So can you rewind us back a little bit and tell us a little bit of how you got to where you are today? Sure. And I, if I rewind back too far, we may go beyond where your, your audience is comfortable, but uh, let's do that. That's a tape cassette rewinding in case you're <laughs> Not old enough to remember that, but uh, I go back to 1992 and learned and was inspired to get into real estate by a guy, a guy by the name of Carlton Sheets, who many of you may recall. He had an infomercial on TV before Al Gore invented the internet. Even we used to have infomercials on television, which would uh, inspire folks to acquire skills that could allow them to make money. So. Uh, I bought that course and I went through that course and I began implementing it. And I found myself a couple years later with seven figures in the bank and uh, more on paper in terms of net worth and was solicited for a success story from that course. They sent a film crew out to the house and um, and that was quite of an, ex an experience because, you know, we didn't have social media back then. So people that you hadn't seen since high school would see you on television because I was on the infomercial and, you know, it just sort of felt like being a mini celebrity. And, you know, really from that point forward, uh, I, I just wanted to continue to acquire more skills and pursue, uh, other avenues in, in real estate, which has allowed me to collect a set of skills that allows uh, me and my clients really to act sort of like an Amazon.com of real estate in the sense that you can get any product or service from Amazon. Well, the only requirement that we have as a real estate investor is that the seller is willing to sell the house. So what does that mean? That means a hundred percent of the market is available to us because if you're a house seller, by definition, you're willing to sell the house. If you're willing to sell the house, there's a way that we can transact on that, give the seller what they want and still profit on it. So that's why I make the tall claim of we can buy any house from any seller and make money on it without using any of our own money or any of our own credit. Now you had mentioned Carlton Sheets and for everybody listening, 
You, you were yeah. born in the seventies, correct? I was oh, born in the sixties. <laughs> I know I don't look it, but no, no, I was born in 1967, November gotcha. 22nd. I was born in the early eighties as, as my hat says. Um, and so yeah. I've heard of Carlton sheets. I I've been in, in this business now for over a decade. Carlton sheets was one of, uh, I believe one of the godfathers essentially of seller financing and really systemizing it and, uh, teaching people how to, um, how to do that type of real estate investing. And I love how you talked about infomercials. Cause that's, that's how Tony Robbins got started. And he's, uh, he's, he's one of my favorites. Yeah. This is right around when Tony Robbins was yeah, a young exactly. man even. I bought, you know, I'm a, I'm a, a patsy for all of these kinds of self-development things because just getting one or two things, if you can spend the time to, to listen to what folks have to say, uh, can make dramatic changes in your life. And uh, he had a, a program, I think it was called That's Personal right. Power, followed by Personal Power 2, followed by Ooh. Personal Power yep. 3, I think. And I consumed that stuff, uh, like I said. Uh, it's so cool to hear about that because... Um whether it's Tony Robbins or Carlton Sheets, they are both phenomenal coaches. Implement what they do and it can change your life. Now, before the show started, you and I were talking about the services you provide. And for everybody listening, seller financing is essentially a way to have the seller be a bank instead of, and it gives you a lot of flexibility and, and you're a master of this. I'm, I'm definitely more of a novice when it comes to seller financing in, in real estate. However, the point that I want to bring up about that is you had mentioned something very important that I think is worth noting right away because I tried seller financing for a while. I bought one of those courses, had a coach and invested a, you know, a really good chunk of money into this and I was following their systems and, and everything, talking to sellers and I did not make a single deal. I poured hundreds of hours into that program. It wasn't like I was one of those people that signed up and, and kind of messed around a little bit for four, eight hours and then just decided to give, give up. Every morning I spent the time doing what they told me to do and out of it, I got a big goose egg of deals and you're not alone. Yeah, well, and, and that's, that's one of the things. And that's why I'm so happy to have you on the show because there's all these gurus from the rich dad and I'm not going to call anybody out, but like, I've gone to like the rich dad, uh, spiel. I've gone to other people over the years where sometimes it's 15,000, sometimes it's 30, sometimes it's upwards of 50 to $60,000 for these programs. And the thing that people don't realize is the success rate is really low. We're talking under 10%. And this isn't dumb people. A lot of these people that go to these things are doctors or lawyers, or they're very savvy at what they do. And I'm glad those aren't my stats, but you are a hundred percent correct. Exactly. And so what you had mentioned to me was, well, don't give up on it because most likely you just weren't coached properly or you weren't given the right systems. That's, yeah. You, you, you could literally be, mentally challenged, which I don't think you are ace, but I, th I think I could take you. And then I, I think I could take you down a road for in a couple of weeks and you could acquire a house uh, with, with some form of uh, seller or creative financing. We don't just do seller financing, by the way, it's, it's, it is the most profitable strategy I would say for reasons we can get into. Um, but uh, we'll do, any kind of deal that makes sense. And a lot of times it makes sense uh, when there's a financing structure to it that's either provided by the, by the seller or where we're giving them debt relief. So there's, there's, there's a lot more to what we do than just seller financing, but I, get, I, I could get why you would have the inference that that's really what we're focused yeah, on. And correct me if I'm wrong, when it comes to seller financing for you know people that are not too familiar with it, I think the important thing about that approach in real estate are the terms, whether it's the purchase price, the interest rate, how long you're going to have the financing before there's a balloon payment and balloon payment just means a payment to pay it off, whether you refinance it into a bank loan or pay it off completely or sell the property. Um, can you go over just the basic terms that you like to use? Are there two or three or does it, yeah, you're complicating it, which is probably why you didn't get any deals with it, because that's not the way All I would right. describe it. 
Um, it's, 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 it's very simply this and, and, and folks will be able to understand this because it's binary. Every seller has to make a decision among only two trade-offs. Trade-off number one is the traditional way, which is I'm going to put my house up for sale. I'm going to put it up at a certain price. And if I, you know, whatever equity I have in that house, I want it and I want it now. Well, that's a benefit. I want it and I want it now. Well, you can get it, but understand that the value of your house and the amount that you get are going to be very, very different in that scenario. The trade-off happens because you are going to need a realtor if, or pay it, you are going to pay a realtor if you're trying to attract the owner occupying, retail price paying, bank qualified buyer. Why? Because realtors have created a monopoly in the sense that those buyers get their services for free. They get driven around in a Cadillac. They get taken to Starbucks. They get bought lunch. The realtor handles the escrow. The realtor handles the, the title issues. The realtor handles setting up the inspection. The realtor works with the mortgage broker. All of those services are free to a buyer who's going to be an owner-occupant, retail price-paying, bank-qualified buyer. And if you want all your money now and as much of it as you can get, that's the buyer that, that you want. Well, to get that buyer... The trade-off is you're going to pay a real estate commission, oftentimes as high as 6% on a $500,000 house. You lost 30 grand right there. You're also going to wait because you have to put it on the market. You have to wait for the buyer to come. Then you have to wait for them to get approved. So you're going to have more taxes because of the prorations. You're going to have more payments because there's more payments to make while you wait for that person's loan to come in. You're probably going to have an inspection at the last minute after all your stuff is gone, and then they're going to play games and, and uh, ask you for some kind of concession. In today's environment where interest rates have gone up, you might have to pay discount points on the offer. So at the end of the day, you can get all your money. You can get all your money right now, but it's just going to be a lot less of it. So trade-off number one, I said this is binary. Scenario number one is you can get all the money out of your house, but you're just going to get a lot less of it. And that's totally fine, and that's totally reasonable if you want to do that. What we suggest is considering an alternative, and I wouldn't describe it quite the way you did because it's too complicated and it scares sellers off, which is just this. I can give you full price for this house. Whatever it's worth, that's what you're, you're going to get, and we'll close on it right away. We'll pay your closing costs, and it won't be your problem anymore. The only trade-off you have to make is you have to be a little bit patient. And what I mean by that is you'll take monthly payments for a period of time until we pay you off in full. But I'm going to pay you for your patience in the sense that I'm going to be giving you monthly payments while you wait to get all of your money out of this. And in that scenario, you get a lot more money, but there might be some anxiety over, is he going to pay? How long is it going to take to get paid off? Those sorts of things. And we can talk through that. But if you want to get the most money for your house, which we find that a lot of people do, then you'll be open to the idea of taking monthly payments for a period of time until we pay you off in full. And then we simply have to structure terms, as you said at ACE, around that. So every seller is going to make one of those choices. At that point, they're going to say to us, well, no, I don't want to do that. Okay, well, then we're going to, then we're probably going, I recommend that people get realtor licenses if you're an investor. There's no reason to not get a license. If you're going to be an investor for you know the rest of your career, either have a license yourself. It doesn't take long. There's only two criteria to get a license. You have to not be a convicted felon and you got to pass a test. That's how low the bar is to become a realtor. So anyone can become a realtor. It's also why there's so much riffraff in that industry, even more riffraff in the investor industry. You don't have to meet any of those qualifications to be an investor, right? So you got a lot of people that suck as investors and a lot of people that suck as realtors. But the point is, if you're gonna be an investor, you either need to have a license or have someone close to you that has a license because it helps you immeasurably in terms of getting these deals. When I talk to the seller and they don't wanna take monthly payments for a period of time until we pay them off in full, we get the listing most of the time. And that creates a tremendous amount of revenue because the price of houses is high. You know, on a 500, what's the median today? 400 grand? So if you're gonna pick up three, points on a realtor listing on a $400,000 property, literally just for dropping it in the computer and waiting for the buyer's agent to come, you make 12 grand. That's all the realtors do anyway. Sorry, realtors, but you know, it's true. 
So it's, you know, it, 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 there's a tremendous opportunity to improve your conversion when you understand both sides of the business. Um, from an investor standpoint, if folks are willing to take monthly payments for a period of time until we pay them off in full, they're, they're, going, to, they're going to say, well, I might do that. Tell me more. Or they're going to say no, in which case we move them onto the realtor side. Or they're going to say, yes, yeah, I would be willing to do that depending on the terms. And then we have to find out a series of things that you alluded to. Well, what's the best price we can get? Is the house free and clear? Does the house have current financing on it? What's the best monthly payment we can get on this? How long of a duration until you have to be paid off in full? In other words, how much, how long do you want me to pay your mortgage off at my expense? And, and if there's going to even be a down payment or not in it, all of that has to be amalgamated and considered. And then we structure a deal uh, based on what the seller is willing to do or not. Gotcha. Gotcha. When you go through this process of putting together some sort of seller financing deal where you're paying them monthly for a set amount of time, my guess is there's going to be roadblocks, but it probably depends on what the person needs the most, right? Whether it's price, it depends on their living situation, right? Yeah. So, so, okay. So let me, let me just try to be real clear that it's not just seller financing. The idea of taking monthly payments for a period of time until you get paid off in full is not just seller financing. So I might ask the seller uh, if they have the house free and clear, if they have the house free and clear, it's very likely they have, obviously they have a lot of equity. That's going to be most of the time seller financing. However, they might not be willing to give the deed to us in a sale until they've been paid off in full, in which case we'll rent the house from them, provided that they're willing to give us a purchase option during the term of the lease. So we might not sell or finance it. We might lease it with an option to buy, and then we have the right to sublease it with an option to buy, and we can make money that way. Other scenarios might be, and this is extremely common, it's not really seller financing, but you have somebody who has a, uh, a little $300,000 house that they just bought a year and a half ago, and they put 5% down on it. So they've got a loan of 285 on it. Now they've got a job opportunity 18 months later in another city, and they go to sell that house. Well, the house in a lot of markets isn't worth 300 anymore because interest rates have gone up and caused some you know, prices to go down. But let's say it is worth 300. Well, you got to pay the bank 285. Well, how are you going to get sold? A realtor is going to probably want 6%. There's 18 grand right there. You don't have enough money. And then you have closing costs. You don't have enough money to, or equity to pay the bank off. So when I call them and say, hey, look, you know, you know, that's awesome that you have a job opportunity. And they relay to us that they don't want to have to make a payment in the new city and a payment on this house. And they got to get it sold quick and they don't know what to do. Sometimes realtors won't even take these listings if the equity is even tighter. Yeah. Maybe they only have zero. Maybe they have no equity in it. Maybe they're upside down. But we can come in and we can say, look, what you really want is the debt relief. We'll take over the payments on this house and we'll get it paid off at some time at some point in the future. Your name stays on the loan, but we'll make the payments on it and you can move on down the road and it won't be your issue anymore. All along the way, we'll be improving your credit. So essentially what we're doing there is we're taking over existing debt. It's called taking over a property subject to the existing loan. It's done in every state. It's even pre-printed on settlement statements in, at, at, on the HUD-1 form and just about every title company's form. And it's done everywhere. And in that case, the seller's not really financing it for us, are they? Nope. We're simply taking over the payments and we now own the property and of course, we're helping them in the process because now their situation is they get to go. They don't have to make uh, double payments on the house. They don't have to deal with inspections. They don't have to deal with people traipsing in and out of their house. They don't have to manage the sale of the house from afar. And it can be done. So there's lots of ways that things can go down uh, with, with a seller. It's not always seller financing. But most of the time, what we're trying to do uh, is is related to that in the sense that we are trying to structure monthly payments with that seller until we pay them off in full. And the reason that we're doing that is because the market of buyers who we then sell to is 20-fold the market of 
owner-occupying, retail-price-paying, bank-qualified buyers. It's 20 times the size of that. Tons of people who have big down payment money, big cash reserves, but they don't qualify for a loan. They don't qualify for a loan because maybe they went through a divorce or are going through one. They don't qualify for a loan because they just changed job industries. They don't qualify for a loan because they're a small business owner. They don't qualify for a loan for all sorts of, of reasons that don't have anything to do with their their really their credit quality or their character, but they just don't meet the pristine standards of the bank so that the bank can sell, sell the loans and package them up as securities. Those people come into our world, they want to live the American dream as well, and they're willing to put big down payments down on that house that we keep as a non-refundable deposit. We lease the house to them for more than what we're paying out to the seller or to the bank or on our lease with the, with the seller, and we make positive cash flow on that house. And down the line, we may or may not get cashed out at a higher price that we gave our buyer than what we owe to the bank or owe to the seller because we help that buyer get qualified for a loan over a period of a year or two. So I have a huge demand and supply issue. Demand huge from people who want to move into places and, and live the American dream and have the money, but they don't qualify for a bank. They're relegated to living in an a, a apartment home or a dirty rental house. I can satisfy that demand if I get more properties. So I go out to the seller and explain that they're the beneficiary of that supply demand issue. They have the supply that I want. And because of that, I can give them full price and it's not going to be dialed back by realtor commissions and concessions and the things that make them get a lot less money. So people are buying in to this idea that they need to get all their money now, get everything paid off right now and take a huge hit with all the fees that go to the lenders and to the uh, realtors and to the title companies when it's just not necessary. People can keep all the equity that they have in their house and get a lot more of it. By, by working with someone like me or my clients. No, that's fantastic because I think you're absolutely right. Just like people are sold the American dream that you need to buy a house with a mortgage, buy a car with, with a loan, get student loan debt to become a doctor or lawyer or what have you. I think there's this uh, similar stigma that when you sell your house, you have to hire a realtor. Yeah. You have to put it on the market. That's what everybody does. And it's so frustrating because especially at times like this, high interest rates, like you said, uh, housing prices are going down in a ton of different markets because of interest rates. People aren't willing to pay more and pay these crazy prices that homes have been selling for, for the last few years. And so somebody like yourself comes in and provides uh, an alternative. It's just being able to educate the seller on what you do and how you can benefit them as opposed to doing it the same way that everybody else does it. That That's exactly correct. What I've found is that sellers are really not that much different in selling their real estate than selling any sort of uh, high ticket type of item. People buy, particularly real estate sellers buy the idea of doing this based on how they perceive your character and your competency. So when you explain the alternatives to the seller with genuineness, authenticity, transparency, and they get a feeling that you have integrity, that puts you in a really good position for your skills to flourish and be able to have them recognize your competency, your skills, your expertise, and when you marry character with competency, the sellers are willing to work with you. So I have no ability to teach anybody integrity. You have to have that naturally, which is one of the reasons why before I take a client on, uh, we do an interview and I try to you know, uh, get an idea of whether or not you're going to be able to present yourself well to, to folks because you can't really teach somebody to have integrity. But what I can teach is how to acquire the skills, the expertise, the competency to help the sellers understand these other alternatives. So when you take someone who naturally has character and then we fortify them with these skills that they can acquire, uh, it's, it becomes a deadly combination in terms of being able to make a lot of money because the sellers want to work with people who have character and competency. And when you have both of those, your conversion ratio goes literally through the roof. And we have people making seven figures who were, who were, I mean, I have one guy who was selling timeshares 
nine months ago, making 30 grand a year, who's already made well over seven figures only nine months into this. So it's, it's a life changing industry. If you're willing to, to put in the effort to acquire the skills and get the help that's needed. No, I appreciate you saying that. Now we, we were talking about the mindset that sellers have, right? They don't know what they don't know. Do you find with a lot of your students that come in people that, that are going to be under, under your, your tutelage, do they have also similar limiting beliefs that, Hey, like, I don't know why I'm doing it this way when they could just get a realtor to do this or that, or do you kind of have to take your students sometimes down a similar path and be like, Hey, this is what we're doing. And in all reality, this is a better deal for them. Here's their wants. Here's their needs. Yeah. Here's what we're able to provide them. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, a hundred percent. I would say that when people, so we'll run, we'll run ads, um, that attract folks to come into this program. And I would think when they click on that ad, there's a curiosity and there might be sort of that um, limited type of, of thinking, but we've, we've put together trainings that walk people through. These are free trainings, by the way, that walk people through. And if they have an open mind, they come out of it understanding. So by the time they're on the call with me, people are super excited about the opportunity. And, you know, for your listeners, I'm happy to provide all that stuff for free. We've got links. You don't, you don't pay a dime. There's no obligation. I've got a free mini course that is five modules. I've got a free Facebook group. I've got uh, an hour long webinar. I've got a 21 hour course. All of this stuff is free because I don't mind sharing all the information on how to do this for free. It's just that um, people tend to be much more successful when they get implementation help well, there's only one of me. So, you know, that does carry a price, but it's not the prices that you're talking about, even though it could be because my motivation is to get people self-reliant and then joint venture with them later. So I make the tuition to, to come in and get my personal help. Very, very inexpensive. You're no, you're, you're well under $10,000 to come in and get this coaching. It's not the twenty-five, $50,000 programs, but you'll make way more money. And, and, and I do it for a profit motive. You know, let's make no mistake. My profit motive is not to sell coaching though. It's that I can get you self-reliant and then you bring the big deal to me um, where you don't have to, but people tend to, when they start making a lot of money, they start being exposed to bigger deals. Could be a hotel, could be a casino, could be, you know, a big residential development. And then if they want me to come in and quarterback that deal, I do. And then we split things 50, 50. And, and just so you know, what enables me to do this, we, we sort of glossed over how I got into real estate. Um, but, and we also, we also glossed over, I guess we were talking about it earlier. Um, you know, Ace, I've um, I've been a huge proponent of getting coaching on anything that you want to acquire expertise at. Going all the way back to athletics, I was a Division One athlete, and um, I would not have had success in athletics had I not uh, had coaching. I would not have been able to drive a car had I not had someone coaching. You can't learn that from videos, right? right, right. <laughs> I got a 16 year old. I don't want her to learn to drive a car from videos. I want to coach in there with her. Um, you know, even with my children, I, you know, I, I took parenting coaching. Um, the reason I'm bringing this up is I've spent in 30 years over a million dollars on various types of coaching. And I can tell you that about 80% of it just totally blew. It totally sucked. It's garbage. $800,000 down the drain. But you don't give up. It's like dating, right? You don't go out, you know, with four or five, you know, people that you find attractive. And then if it doesn't work out, you switch teams right? You know, you, 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 you keep going. So um, the 200,000 that I spent well has made me tens of millions of dollars. And it's not just in real estate, it's in other business verticals. Um, you know, I've done things in biotechnology and healthcare, you know, can, people can look, you know, I mean, you can put my LinkedIn profile in there and see some of the stuff that we've done in healthcare. Those are much more speculative investments. But here's what happens now, at the tender age of 55, is that uh, we've made investments in healthcare where we've raised tens of millions of dollars. And those investors are speculating. Most of the time, like trying to get a drug through the FDA doesn't work. So they lose all their money. But when it does work, you know, there's a billion dollar of revenue on, on the on the heels of that and they make money. So these are these are very much spec, you know, speculators. When I go out to dinner with these folks or, or have conversations with them and we and inevitably real estate comes up, every single one of them 
wants a portion of their portfolio to be invested in something safe. And all of our real estate investments are backed by the real estate and they're in at low loan to value ratios as well. So I can fund literally that you won't be able to bring me a real estate project that I can't fund at this point because of the relationships I have in private equity and venture capital. So when I bring my clients in, they understand that they immediately become the 800 pound gorilla of their marketplace. They're going to learn to do things the way that we just described, where you don't use any of your own money or any of your own credit, but invariably as they make money and build a portfolio through the use of those techniques, they are going to get exposed to deals that do require a certain amount of financing. And then that's where those deals get brought to me. And then I'm able to uh, joint venture with the partner who brought me that deal. And that's why I make my coaching fee very, very low because I can bring the right people in. I would have never had that kid who's, you know, was making 30 grand a year if I charged $20,000 for this, this coaching. Even if I charged 10 grand for this coaching, he would have never been able to come in. He had to scrape three credit cards together just to, to come in. But we ended up splitting a deal that had over $2 million in profit in it because he was out there making money and somebody brought him a deal that made a lot of sense for us. And I ended up coming in and, and quarterbacking it. So that's, that's, that's really the, the rationale for making the tuition very cheap. But if you just have no gumption to get coaching and you want to use a roadmap instead of a GPS, use my free stuff and, and have at it. I find that um, about 5%, just like you were saying, most people fail. About, and, and those are the statistics. About 5% of people who embark on a real estate career um, you know, just generally are going to have success. And the reason for that is they use a roadmap or they get a crappy coach. The, what I mean by a roadmap is trying to learn from YouTube University, trying to learn from just this podcast alone, trying not, not yours, Ace, but I mean just this conversation alone, okay. going into my Facebook group and just learning from my Facebook group. It's 5% of people will be successful. Well, we've got thousands of people in the Facebook group so, you know, I am helping 100 or 200 people make a lot of money without having to spend any money on coaching if 5% of them are good. But the other 95% of the people are going to need the implementation help. And, and you get very close to 100% success when you have good implementation help who's going to handhold you through every step of the process. There isn't anybody, uh, there, there aren't any of my clients who don't have success with this. Uh, it's a lifetime relationship. There's no upsells, no upcharges, no like three months, six months, a year from now, you got to pay. Because again, my whole mojo is to get people uh, into joint venture deals with me later. So um, it's sort of like a one-time thing. Very different than most coaching programs. That is. But I, I didn't mean to turn this into a commercial no. for no, my hey. stuff. I'm just, I just am a, a very convicted in knowing that I can help people. And I know that's what you're trying to do. Uh, and the way to, to get help is to uh, is to actually invest in skill development. Well, I, I think something that kind of gets missed in these types of shows and in real estate in general is that that elephant in the room that is the real estate coach, that is the real estate coaching program. And like you said, there's so many people that it, if somebody's trying to sell you coaching and one, they're going to take anybody under the sun or two, they tell you, right. Hey, open up a credit card and now you can pay $25,000 with this credit card and you'll be able to pay it back in 90 days because you're going to have a deal in 90 days. Now you just pretty much got all this coaching and everything for free. If you hear those, one of those two things, either they're going to take you no matter what, or two, open up a credit card or something along those lines, turn around, don't walk away run away from those people because they are just going to take your money and leave you hanging out to dry. So let me add to that, if that's okay. Yes. Um, if you are on a Zoom call and, um, and you do get good coaching, I do believe that it makes sense that you could open up a credit card and use a credit card to buy coaching. And if you're getting the quality help, you, you know, one real estate deal pays, you know, let, 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 let's just, let's just use your number. This isn't, you know, I'm not even a third of, of that, but let's use your 25,000. If you paid somebody $25,000 and you did it on a credit card and they honestly did help you and you did get a deal, um, you know, your, your most real estate deals that we do, we get $25,000 right on the front end profit from a deposit from someone who's doing a lease purchase with us. 
Uh, and then we have monthly cash flow. We've got equity in the property. We've got debt paid out. Sometimes there's forfeited deposits that occur. So you're going to make way more than that on just one deal. Well, what does it mean when you, when you have three deals and then 10 and then a lifetime? So I think it can be a very good investment. But to your point and to the point that I alluded to where I've wasted $800,000 doing, doing exactly what you said because I'm such a, uh, a patsy, so to speak, for, for signing up for just about everything, um, the, the red flags are this. When, when you get on a, a call and it's a salesperson trying to sell you instead of the actual person you know, that's offering the coaching, mm. That's the, that's the first thing you, you might want to look out for. They're just trying to sell coaching programs instead of actually do what we're trying to do, which is, you know, trying to get into joint venture deals with folks who can go out and make money for themselves, become self-reliant, and then become sort of part of our, our network where we don't have to scour the earth for deals. So I get on the calls personally with anyone that I'm prospectively going to bring into the program. And we don't take everyone. If I don't think I can help you, there ain't no way I'm bringing you in the program because I make a lifetime commitment. I'm not going to commit my life to helping somebody who you know has no chance of, of making money. So red flag number one is make sure you're talking to the actual person you saw in the ad. And then big red flag number two is this. When you give them the money, are they going to relegate you to one of their minions? Mm. Are they going to give you an employee of theirs to help you become an entrepreneur. How are you going to learn to be an entrepreneur from a coach who's an employee who's making just a little bit of money regurgitating what they learned in a program that they're not even implementing themselves? And almost all real estate coaching models are basically built on that where the real estate coach isn't even the entrepreneur themselves or maybe they've been mildly successful with a deal or two, but they're not, you know, they're not doing what you're in the program to do, which is to make millions of dollars potentially, um, build up a strong network, build up strong cash flow, build up strong uh, amounts of money coming in right now, and do that at scale. You're going to need the actual coach to to help you. So ask that question. Uh, you know who's going to actually be the one coaching you, and what access do you have to the person? that's actually designed the program. I think that uh, it's a big red flag. It doesn't mean that, you know, you're definitely getting scammed if it's a salesperson and they, uh, you know, place you with a coach. But I would say that those are very large red flags that they ought to overcome uh, in an acceptable way to you before you go down that road. Because there's other roads, and I'm not the only one, um, where you can get coached by the actual guy um, and talk to the actual guy on the on the phone on the front end and not some douchey salesperson yeah no i agree with you and there there are definitely scams out there i would say the majority of these programs are well-intentioned but they're coaching programs and what you're trading there is just what your percentage of success is going to be it drops way down when you're it does. working with something you could still succeed but it's it's a lot more difficult and and it's like driving a motorcycle right your, your chances of getting hit or falling off that motorcycle are a hundred percent. There's just things you could do while you're riding to hopefully lower that percentage of when it's going to happen. And so, um, I appreciate you sharing. All that, that. That, that's another one. Just so you know, uh, I went to the Freddie Spencer racing school out here in, in Las Vegas. I don't know if you know what that is, but he run, won the grand prix. And, um, I mean, I don't do that kind of thing anymore. But, um, but, but that's another thing that I got coaching for because motorcycle riding is dangerous without coaching <laughs> and, and going into real estate without coaching is, is also dangerous. And, and, and what I'll just emphasize about what you said, and this applies to me too. If you go to my YouTube channel or you go to my Facebook group and use all the videos and trainings that I have in there, if you take my free trainings, um, but you don't get coaching along with it. Now, mo now, what's contained in all those is way better than what people are selling for five, ten thousand dollars right now as static courses. I can guarantee you that. However, the success rate without somebody to help you through the nuances, even with my stuff, is only going to be about five percent. It goes up to close to a hundred percent if you have the the coaching that goes with it. So what I'm telling, so that's why I don't even charge for it. I'm like I could charge, like people tell me all the time, just sell that low ticket, sell it for nineteen ninety seven put on a webinar self for 1997. I refuse to do it because I already know, even though the information is very, very good, 
that there's always some handholding that needs to occur through the first couple, two, three deals. And most people are going to give up, not understand something, not have success if they don't have somebody to handhold them through the process. So I decided to just not sell it. It's not worth it to me. I'd rather give it for free. If 95% of people fail with my free stuff, I can still sleep at night. <laughs> yep. Yep. No. And one thing you had mentioned, I've heard this throughout my real estate career is like, if you want to do learn to do anything, you want to learn how to flip a house, you want to learn how to wholesale, you want to learn how to do whatever. Why not team up with somebody who's already been there, already done that. Like you said, they can hold your hand. And I, I see how important it is when people come to you to JV, because you could coach someone to do some sort of deal, maybe for a single family home. And they've, like they said, you start knocking a couple down and then bigger deals start coming to you. Now I have the ability to go to someone like you, who's done big deals, who's done all of these things. You're at a completely different level from where I'm at, but I can JV with you. Like you said, even continue to get the coaching and the handholding to take down a big deal. That way you don't have to say, well, one, oh, I don't have the money. Oh, two, I don't have the expertise. Well, you've built that over your career, not only the investors, but also the experience on how to tackle these types of projects. And now instead of, you know, taking little nibbles of little pies, yeah, you're taking a smaller slice, but it's a much bigger pie and the expertise you're going to learn from that by itself is priceless. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's just to draw an analogy. It's, it is the difference between in the old days when we were trying to drive from point A to point B, we'd whip out a big Rand McNally Atlas. And while you're driving, you're trying to look at this map, or maybe you, 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 you know, printed out some directions, you know, even, even as, is, you know, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago, we would have, we'd print out MapQuest or something like that. Um, that's fine. You can get from point A to point B, but how often did you make a mistake? How often did you miss the exit? How often did you have to turn around? That's okay when you're driving. It's not very costly other than a little bit of time when you're driving, but nobody does that today. Everybody just punches in an address into their phone or the navigation system in their car and the car or the phone is saying a thousand feet on the right, you're going to turn right. Now turn left. There's the destination. You have arrived. That's the way a coaching program works is we're in your ear. Do this, do that. Step one, step two, step A, step B. It allows you to get to your destination much more readily and it removes the anxiety of wondering if you're doing things wrong because you have a GPS in your ear telling you what to do every step of the way. And the good news is, and, and I'm sure this is you know probably true for everybody, you know, how many times have you not known where you're going and you use the GPS and it tells you how to get there and you get there. Then maybe a second time you use the GPS. The third time you don't even need the GPS anymore. You know exactly what to do. Yep. That doesn't really happen with a roadmap. With a roadmap, you're like, you know, you're almost getting clipped by trucks on the highway while you're trying to look at where that where the exit is. So it's 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 dangerous to try to do things in prehistoric ways today when you can use technology like GPS. Uh, analogous to what I'm suggesting as a coach. It doesn't have to be me, but get a good coach if you're going to embark on something uh, that is uh, of as high a monetary value as, as real estate. You don't want to be making mistakes when you're talking about you know, purchases that go into the six and seven figures. It can really, really hurt you bad if you make a mistake in, in, in this world. And we see it all the time. There's a lot of people who still haven't recovered from the, the great real estate bubble of 2008. So Get a, pro get a proper coach, get appropriate help. Ace, I'm sure you have a whole litany of people you can refer folks to. No, definitely. And personal question to ask you, because you've been in this business a while. You've done so much in your career. Now you're coaching people and you're also taking on JVs and, and projects with, with a lot of your students. And obviously anybody that's in real estate, you get such a kick out of, out of making deals and, and doing really great, amazing things, not only for yourself, but for sellers and buyers and, and all of that. But you're, you've been doing this for a while. My, my assumption is you, you, you've talked about making, making your money and all of that. I know there's the excitement of the deal itself and working with people, but is, is there something deeper that goes on inside of you for you to continue working this? Cause you're in Vegas. You could 
retire. You could do whatever it is you want. What what keeps you in the game and, and what what keeps you motivated to really work with people and, and grow them and, and just keep growing your, your community? Well, make no mistake, um, I have my share of fun. <laughs> I do have my share of fun. Uh, I'm, you know, I, uh, I went to three baseball games in the, in the last week. So it's not like I'm grinding out 80 hours a week. Um, but yeah, real estate is one of those things where there's, where there's always something different. It's always nuanced. I'm a high energy type of person. I'm not the type to sit on the couch and watch Netflix and eat hot Cheetos all day long. So, um, it's, it, you know, I'm not going to bullshit people and say, oh, I want to give back. I mean, I do like to see people have success. Everybody likes that. Right. But that's not really what my purpose is. Um, I feel like one thing about real estate is the more real estate you acquire, as long as you have cash flow coming in, that's paying out, paying off any underlying financing on a mark to market basis, it makes no difference what the value of that asset is because you are always going to have something that can generate cash once the debt is paid off, unless our property taxes go up beyond, you know, what you could rent it for, for, for a year. So, my my view is I have I have two young children. I have a, 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 a someone. She's just starting high school. She's a freshman. She's fourteen. And then I've got you know uh, my older daughter is going to be eighteen later this month. So you know I, I think about them, and I think you know you never know what's going to happen. Pee Wee Herman just died at seventy, right? We just lost um, that that kid from uh, Euphoria, right? And um, you know, I just, you just, you just don't know when you're going to, you know, when your days are going to be over. And I, I just, I just want to make sure that uh, there's enough for, you know, these two girls, whatever they want to do in life. And, uh, but that doesn't mean I'm going to spend 80 hours a week going out and grinding. I still try to enjoy myself, um, you know, play, play a lot of uh, sports still. And, and then if I do sit on the couch, I'm, you know, I'll watch a baseball game and, and do those sorts of things. So it's not all work and no play makes Joel a, a dull boy. <laughs> and I do live in Vegas. We've gone to tons of rock and roll shows out here. Let, uh, Jason Bonham, who's the uh, kid of John Bonham, he's doing a show out here, like the hits of Led Zeppelin. You know, oh, oh, you got Led Zeppelin on right now. There you go. That's my favorite, right? I got Ric Flair styling, profiling. Hard to keep those alligators down. Woo! <laughs> but woo! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, but I like all that old school stuff. And that it's out here all the time in Vegas. We saw Chicago. We saw ZZ Top. We saw Foreigner, Foreigner um, Aerosmith. There, it's, it's, so much, it's so much fun living here. I'm close to Salt Lake City. I've got the Epic Pass. I go snowboarding, skiing all the time. We go wakeboarding on Lake Mead. Um, wake surfing out there as well. And, um, you know, sometimes we'll go down to Los Angeles and, and hang out uh, there as well. I was just in Nashville. So um, real estate is just one facet of, of my life, but there is always going to be a work element to my life I want to produce. And one thing about real estate is in terms of the economy, uh, you, 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 I, I can't think of a better way to contribute to the economy than being in the real estate field. Right. Why? Because when I do a real estate deal, what happens? A lawyer gets paid, a title company gets paid, an inspector gets paid, sometimes a contractor gets paid, a mortgage broker gets gets paid, somebody gets a house, the person who sold the house then takes that money and, and contributes to the economy. There's a whole cascade of economic activity that occurs as a result of your participating in a real estate transaction. So from a work perspective, that element is exciting, but I do try to keep balance because I would not want to do that all day, every day, like I used to in my twenties. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, that's phenomenal. I love how real estate has provided you that opportunity not only to design the life you want, but you have mentioned earlier getting into other businesses, other types of investments as well. That's right. So it, it can translate into so many different things. And I just love how you mentioned your two daughters about building that legacy for them. And it's not only uh, a great work ethic because at, at, you know, at 55, you're still, still working, still creating, still contributing, but you're also enjoying life and being just a, a phenomenal example uh, to that next generation and really just, uh, an inspiration for everybody that you're around. And so that if, if I haven't 
met a superhero yet. Uh, you were definitely one of them. So with that said, let's jump into the superhero questions. Uh-oh. <laughs> Do you have a superhero name? And if you don't, what would your superhero name be? My super, I don't have a superhero name. I've not, I, I, I don't really think of myself as a superhero. Um, the people who are superheroes, um, you know, have inspired me or actually helped me to acquire skills that they have. Um, I guess if I was going to come up with a name, I, um, so I mentioned being a, uh, a, a division one athlete, I was a sprinter in, in college. So people have always called me, uh, like as a nickname cheetah, oh, nice. um, I run pretty fast. Uh, even, even to this day at 55, I'm probably going to enter some master's competitions. Um, but the, uh, so I don't know. Um, I, I think that if I had a super heroic trait, uh, it, it might be, you know, some of those physical things like, like I didn't really learn how to run fast. I was just always faster than everybody. It was just totally God given, if you will. Um, but I'm a more of a believer in nurture than nature meaning nature, I think you can overcome. Nurture is something that's your responsibility. So I've always nurtured myself to acquire superhero-like skills, if you want to call it that. You know, if I'm at a superhero level with money, great. If I'm at a superhero level with love and kindness and generosity, well, you know, a lot of that has been nurtured and, and taught and things that I've learned in, 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 in my life. So, um, but if I, you know, if, yeah, that, that would, that would pretty much be the way I would describe it. I'd rather be a, a, a superhero for love, generosity, and kindness than, than for money. Love that. Love that. So I will be calling you from, for the rest of this conversation, Joel, the cheetah Sangerman. <laughs> and there you go. And, um, you, you had mentioned just a couple of my, you already answered my second question. What are some of your superpowers? But it, it goes to show from, from what you had talked about, just love, generosity, wanting to be known for those and, and really using those powers in whatever you do, whether it's real estate or not. Yeah. And, and just so you know, that answer that I gave you is not something that I actually thought of. It's something that I learned. This is what I mean about nurture versus nature. People should try to acquire skills. So I'll make a recommendation to you that everybody should, I, I hate to say, use the word should. But um, it, it, it helped me a lot. I heard a speech that not everybody has heard by uh, Martin Luther King Jr. actually. And the name of the speech, which you can readily find, you, you, you want to get the long version of it, not like the cut up version, mm -hmm. but there's a speech, I believe you should be able to find it on YouTube, but there's a speech that he gives, which is called the drum major instinct, the drum major instinct, like a drum major, you know, leading the parade. And what he talks about in that speech is that everybody wants to lead the parade. There's an instinct that we have to be a drum major, to be out front. And a lot of times that has to do with money, popularity, and fame. But what Martin Luther King was saying is that be a drum major. This is a good instinct to want to be first. This is a good instinct to want to be out ahead of people. But... I want you to be first in love. I want you to be first in generosity. I want you to be first in moral excellence. And if you can do those things, then you are making a better contribution to the world was effectively what, what he was trying to say in his sermon called the drum major instinct. He obviously delivers it much better than me, but I think it, it changed my life when I, when I listened to it. And if you're looking for inspiration, it's an oldie, but a goodie. I love that. And I will definitely check that out. I think I can relate to the oldie, but goodies as well. So with the Led Zeppelin shirt for sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. hundred uh, percent. Ramble on. <laughs> I was actually, I was listening <laughs> to that song yesterday. Um, yeah, yeah. Last superhero question. Who are some of your real life superheroes? Real life superheroes. Um, well, they might not be necessarily celebrity names, right. but, um, so, so my mom died when I was really young. She was, she was an actress at second city. So when I was a little oh, wow. kid, um, I don't remember any of this, but supposedly, 
you know, like all of those famous people that went on to Saturday Night Live, supposedly, you know, they smoked weed and partied, uh, you know, where we lived in Chicago <laughs> at the time. But, you know, my, I think my mom influenced me in a great way because she was an actress. And I remember as a little kid having to um, help her with her lines. They would give you, you know, these playbooks. And then I would read all the lines that weren't her. She would have her lines yellowed off. And it always amazed me how she could memorize like a whole page I don't know how actors and actresses do it, to be honest with you. I am really, really bad at memorizing scripts. And one of the things that we do, you know, not to go back to my coaching program, but, but we put we have scripts that you should try to learn so that you can ad lib off it later if you understand the, the essence of it. Um, but I think growing up, learning um, how important it is to, you know, you know, have a certain inflection and, you know, having a, have a certain approach, have a certain work ethic to things is something that I, you know, I learned from uh, my mom. Um, my parents got divorced when I, when I was really young, but, you know, I'd, I put my dad also as a, as a superhero. My dad um, is a uh, very even killed guy, like uh, doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. Um, you know, I get too high and too low sometimes, but um, but, you know, that's definitely been an inspiration as well. And then if we want to go like, you know, superheroes on the, um, you know, more uh, well-known front, um, I already mentioned one of them to you. I, you know, I, I think that the works of Martin Luther King Jr. and everything that he went through and the way he maintained his uh, character and integrity through some, you know, pretty despicable things that, that occurred uh, is phenomenal. Um, another, another sports one for me was I got to meet Walter Payton, uh, when, when I was a little kid and, uh, just a phenomenal guy. Um, Bruce Lee, if you read any of the old stuff from Bruce Lee, um, just an awesome, almost clairvoyant type of philosopher. Uh, these are the, these are the types of people that, uh, I looked up to when I was a little kid and, um, I mean, if you have time, I could give you one more superhero. It might be worth it. There's a little bit of a parable to it, though. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so um, so I started doing martial arts. That's one of the reasons that Bruce... So I was a big Bruce Lee fan. And I used to watch in Chicago in the 70s, they used to have a program called Samurai Sunday on TV. And it was just, you'd get up in the morning and all day long, they would play kung fu movies. You know, the old, the old ones where it's like, what kind of kung fu you do? Ah, special Kung Fu. And, you know, like the, the, you know, the lip syncing was not there, but I used to love, I used to love that. Anyway, I begged my dad to take me to the, to the local martial arts studio because I really wanted to become a black belt just because I watched all those, those shows. So anyway, I'm just a little kid. I don't think I was more than like eight or nine years old. We, so we go to the local martial arts studio and it's something that's like right out of a Kung Fu movie. There's like incense in the back. There's these gongs. The, the dude comes out. He's got the long flowing white hair with the chopsticks in his hair, the Fu Manchu, like the same as you, but like with like a, you know, a triangle down there on the, on the bottom. They don't, they call that a goatee, but a Fu Manchu, I think is when it's, you know, like a long triangle to, to the beard. So he looked like that bushy eyebrows. And, um, he sits, he sits us down after kind of showing us the school and everything like that. And, and he asks the, the, the scene was something surreal. It, it literally looked like something out, out of one of those old movies. And we sit down in there and, um, you know, I'm just a little kid and the, the, you know, the, the teacher Sifu, um, uh, as they call it in, in Chinese, asks, um, you know, did I have any questions? And I said, well, I, I do. Uh, how long? How long is it going to take me to become a black belt? And he looks at me and he goes, mm, for you, 10 years. And I'm like, whoa, I'm not even 10 years old. Well, I don't know if you understand. I, I'm going to work really, really hard. If I come in here like every day, then how long will it take me to become a black belt? And he looks a little bit irritated, right? And he goes, hmm, for your 20 years. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I, maybe, maybe there's like a language issue or something. What I'm saying is I will literally spend all of my free time doing whatever I have to do to become a black belt. If I do that, how long will it take me to become a black belt? Looks even more irritated. And he goes, hmm, for your 30 years. So I look at my dad. My dad looks at me. We both think he's smoking too much of that incense in the background or something like that. And my dad says to him, Mr. Uh, he says, how come every time my son says that he's going to work harder to achieve his goal, you tell him it's going to take longer. 
And what the teacher said, I'll never forget. He looks at my dad dead in his eyes and he says, Mr. Sangaman, your son very hard worker, but your son have one eye focused on goal. Only one eye left to focus on the process of achieving the goal. If he keeps both eyes focused on the process, his goal will come much more quickly. Now, I didn't really know what he meant. And when we got in the car and I, my dad asked me, did I understand what he was saying by that? I said, I didn't have a clue what he was saying, but my dad explained it to me, which is, which is this. So related to real estate, everybody wants a goal. I want to get my first deal. I want to make 25 grand. I want to make 50 grand on my first deal, whatever the case may be. But take your eyes off of that goal and focus on the process of achieving that goal. Did you learn the strategies properly? Did you ask the right questions? Did you learn the scripts? Did you learn how to handle objections properly? Did you learn how to write the contract properly? If you focus on the process of achieving your goal, your goal will come much more quickly. And as a result of that thinking permeating my life, I've been able to achieve my goals a lot more quickly because while it's important to have goals, it's much more important to focus on the implementation, to focus on the process that it mm. takes to achieve those goals. And if everybody's willing to do that, they'll achieve their goals a lot more quickly. So because of that being uploaded to my brain, imprinted in my brain very early on, I'd have to characterize him as a superhero in my life. Oh, that's incredible. I really appreciate you sharing that because, uh, man, I remember doing karate as a kid as well. And so many people are focused on what are, what's the result? What's the destination? And um, I think what you said was just so important because I was like, well, why is it getting longer every time, every time he asked that question too? That's so, right. That, that's incredible. That's right. So for everybody listening, what is the best way for people to get a hold of you? Well, um, I'm very responsive to folks. I don't even mind giving people my personal cell phone, which they can, they can text. It's 702-364-2323. Uh, the way to remember it is 702-364-MICHAEL-JORDAN-MICHAEL-JORDAN. As uh, somebody who was born and raised in Chicago, number 23 is always going to be special to me. That's so right. 702-364-2323. You, you, if I don't answer, a human will answer 24-7. Uh, and you can text me personally in that number. Or you can just go check out the website, like you said. Uh, you can go to termsdaddy.com, T-E-R-M-S-D-A-D-D-Y.com. Or you can go to ibuyrealestate.com. And uh, you, I'm not hard to find. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah, when we were doing superhero names, I thought Terms Daddy or something along that lines would come up. But uh, no, I appreciate yeah, you sharing. Yeah, I don't that. know if Cheetah's the right one. But you know, I was trying to think of like nicknames or, or anything. But uh yeah term, terms daddy terms daddy suits also what about cheetah daddy <laughs> cheetah daddy i sounds too pornographic like yeah like that's true yeah. Or something we'll, like that. we'll, we'll get, yeah we'll, we'll uh nix that one it was worth a shot um awesome well, well hey, you know what isn't that isn't that like your like your 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 pornography name is your middle name in the street name, you grew up street on you grew up on that's right so i've that's got the right. best one my, my my porn name is morris wabansia <laughs> Morris Wabansia. Oh my goodness. That is ridiculous. Morris Wabansia. That, that is, you, hey, sometimes life is stranger than fiction, right? You can't make that no stuff doubt, up. No doubt. <laughs> well, I know we covered a lot of ground. If there's one thing you could leave the audience with, uh, a strategy, a tip, a tool, or just a thought, what would it be? Be, be open to other ideas of doing things and don't become too set in your ways. Um, I find that a lot of real estate investors in particular are fixated on the idea that they have to have good credit. They have to have uh, a lot of capital available to buy and get started in real estate. And that is just not the case. You don't have to have any credit and you don't have to have any money to buy as much real estate as you want. In the last 30 years, I've spent zero of my own money on millions and millions of dollars of real estate and made millions without using any of my own credit or any of my own money. You do need a little bit of money to get the help that gets you to acquire the skills, but it's not that much. And just remove those paradigms. Paradigms can, can cause paralysis and be careful uh, with in the way that you filter information through the conventional wisdom that's been probably taught to you since the time you were a little kid. I love that. I love that. And one thing I wanna mention real quickly too, when people have too many choices, it creates anxiety. It creates people, uh, people tend to freeze because they don't know what to do. And I feel like 
you, you definitely pushed coaching pretty hard. I feel like a coach can help with that, that decisiveness of, Hey, can I do it this way? Can I do it that way? I can do it that way. Cause in real estate, there's so many different ways you can skin a cat. It's true. And so having somebody who's like, I know there's half a dozen, a dozen different ways of doing it, but this is the way, this is the path we're going to go on because of this and that not every path is perfect, but at the same time, you've done it so many different ways and you know what works in most situations. And so having a coach that for just for that, the ability to say, okay, I can take the guesswork out because I'm being guided by somebody who knows what they're doing. And we all know in real estate, you want more than one exit strategy. And I know we didn't talk about exit strategies, but I feel like having like a, a sensei, a sage, somebody you could go to like yourself mm -hmm. and be guided. And I, I feel like that by itself keeps the momentum moving forward so that you're not stuck in, in front of your own self. So anyways, I, just I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> and, uh, there, there's a lot of people who are very, very capable. There's been more millionaires made in real estate than just about any other industry. Connect yourself with somebody who's done it before. Make sure you're getting their personal help and not one of their minions most of the time. And uh, you, you, you'll find a formula that, that works. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Joel, I really appreciate you coming on. It's been a pleasure talking with you and from a guy who in the past has failed so miserably at creative deal structure. It is definitely a breath of fresh air talking to you and meeting somebody who knows what the heck they're doing and can even, Hey, my engineering brain loves to overcomplicate things. So being able to even take me through it and just simplifying it is just so powerful. So I really appreciate you sharing that not only with me, but everybody listening. Well, the pleasure is all mine. Anytime Ace. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Once again, superhero by design podcast. Thank you so much for spending your time with me. You could be doing it anywhere with anyone, but you chose to be here with me and my fantastic guests, just like Joel. So with that said, remember with great power, there must also come great responsibility. And like that, he's gone. Ace out. Ciao everybody. <laughs>